Good morning. Welcome to worship today. Good morning to those uh, joining us online or by phone as well. We're glad that you are here. I feel like anyone uh, here today gets a few extra brownie points for coming to church on a Packer Sunday morning, so uh, thank you for being here. If I see a cell phone tour out checking the score, I won't hold it against you. You just have to let me know when the service is over where things are at. So. <laughs> just a, a few announcements before we begin. Uh, today after church will be our pet festival. We started that last year. This is the second time we're doing it. Uh, it was a great outreach event last year, so whether you have a pet or not, we hope you might stick around or come back for that. It's from 11 to 1 today. Might need a couple people to help uh, move some things around after the service too, if you're willing. Uh, yeah, and there's, there's going to be food for, for people, too. There'll be dog treats, but then there's people food as well. So stick around and, and grab, uh, grab some lunch here, if you'd like. A couple uh, Sundays from now, we've got our congregational meeting. Uh, so uh, please take note of that, uh, October 23rd. That's the meeting where we traditionally elect our council members. And so you'll notice that we have a few openings uh, or people up for re-election. Um, coming up on October 23rd. So please plan to be here. And if you're interested in serving on council, uh, it's a great group and uh, we'd, we'd love to talk to you about it. Yeah. And also also keep in mind that on October 30th, we've got our, uh, uh, our workshop with, with Lynn Batch Robinson on grief. And so if you are, uh, have experienced grief in your own life or if you uh, are just curious about it, we hope that you'll stick around after church on the 30th for that, that workshop. So looking forward to that too. Um, this is something uh, that's kind of uh, coming together. Uh, there's a, a theater group called TNW Ensemble Theater, which is right across the street from us on Winnebago. A few of our members have had kids go through their programs and they have uh, a show coming up soon uh, called Becoming Dr. Ruth and it's a one-woman show uh, and the actress who's doing that show is flying in from Atlanta and she's doing some community events and so they're looking for places to have uh, some of these community events where the actress can kind of explain the the, the work and maybe do a scene or two um, and so we've talked about having her come here on Wednesday night at 6 30 um, to meet with possibly with one of the other theater groups that meets here but if there are training members who are interested in that, I'm kind of trying to decide if we have enough people who are interested to, to do something here. So if you are interested in that, please talk to me because uh, I think it could be a really cool event. Could be interesting to people in the neighborhood as well. Um, but uh, curious if we'll have a, a critical mass to make it work. So if you're interested or curious about that, um, talk to me after the service. Are there any other announcements we should make today? Thank you, thank you, Dina. I'll just repeat that briefly for those who didn't hear, but there's a, if you've lost a pet recently or if you're thinking of, of one today, uh, we have an in, in loving memory board in the back, so please be sure to write their name out there. Uh, for our prayers today, uh, please keep uh, uh, Pat Hackett and her family in prayer today as they have their uh, celebration of life for Keith Hackett today. Um, from two to five at the Esquire Club. So uh, if, if you want to know where, where that is or more about that, talk to me as well. If there are no other announcements, uh, we'll begin our service with our prelude music. Sent down. 
stand as you are able and face the baptismal font. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who is eager to forgive and who loves us beyond our days. Amen. Dear friends, together let us acknowledge our failure to love this world as Jesus does. God of mercy and forgiveness, we confess that sin still has a hold on us. We have harmed your good creation. We have failed to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with you. Turn us in a new direction. Show us the path that leads to life. Be our refuge and strength on the journey. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer and friend. Beloved of God, your sins are forgiven, and you are made whole. God points the way to new life in Christ who meets us on the road. Journey now in God's abiding love through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Jesus, we see you on your way today. That feels helpful for us to hear. Because it seems we are all on our way somewhere in the mess between the regions of who we are and who we are becoming. We pray for grace for ourselves and our neighbors as we get up and walk toward healing, toward freedom, toward life, toward gratitude. Amen. Please be seated. First reading is from Second Kings. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man and in high favor with his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man, though a mighty warrior, suffered from leprosy. Now the Aramines on one of their raids, had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God? to give death or life, that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy. Just look and see how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me. But when Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he said, he sent a message to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me that he may learn that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and halted at the entrance of Elisha's house. Elijah sent a messenger to him saying, go, wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. But Naaman became angry and went away saying, I thought that for me he would surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and would wave his hand over the spot and cure the leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? He turned and went away in a rage. But his servants approached and said to him, Father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more when all he said to you was, wash and be clean. So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. Then he returned to the man of God, he and all his company. He came and stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Word of God, word of life. Oh. 
light in the congregation. Great are your works, O Lord, pondered by all who delight in them. and splendor mark your deeds and your righteousness endures forever you cause your wonders to be remembered you are gracious and full of compassion you give food to those who fear you remembering forever your covenant. You have shown your people the power of your works in giving them the lands of the nations. precepts are sure. They stand fast forever and ever because they are done in truth and equity. You sent redemption to your people and commanded your covenant forever. Holy and awesome is your name. The good understanding. God's praise endures forever. The second reading is from Second Timothy. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David. That is my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, so that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is sure, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of this and warn them before God that they are to avoid wrangling over words, which does no good, but only ruins those who are listening. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by him, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly explaining the word of truth. Word of God, word of life.
The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 17th chapter. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and praising God with a loud voice, he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then Jesus said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. And may peace be with you, friends, in the name of Jesus. Amen. After the Reformation had started in the 16th century and things were beginning to change, one of his uh, students asked Martin Luther uh, what the true nature of worship or what worship meant. And when Luther responded, he pointed to the 10th leper in today's gospel story, the one who returned to give thanks. That is what it means to worship, Luther said. And here we are, gathered for worship, gathered around this text, listening for a word from the Lord. The story of 10 who are healed, but one who returns with praise. I take Martin Luther's point to be that our worship begins in a recognition of God's grace and a recognition of God, what God has done for us, and that worship is rightly grounded in gratitude and praise for the one who has saved us. Perhaps the first thing for us to know or remind ourselves of is that leprosy in the ancient world was as much a social disease as it was a physical one. It was a physical disease, but it had social impact. Having leprosy would change your relationship in an instant with your family, your friends, with your religious and economic community. In many ways, you would be cut off from nearly all of these connections. And leprosy, as it's used here, uh, is a broader category uh, referring to a wide range of skin diseases, uh, possibly including what we know today as Hansen's disease. But the point is, is that in every culture, including our own, there seems to be diseases or realities, problems that are so mysterious and so threatening that they are met primarily with fear and ignorance. They lead to exclusion in, in addition to physical ailment. I think of the stories of those early days of the AIDS crisis as a more recent historical example. In those days, preachers as prominent as Billy Graham were going around spiting fear and ignorance about the judgment of God. There's something all too human about it. I think we recognize it in that time, we recognize it in our own time. We encounter a scary new reality that we can't explain or we can't easily fix. And so we will see the religious, social, and political forces coming together to demand that these problem people be removed from sight. It's too uncomfortable to be with them. It scares us too much. If we're not 
sure what to do or if the reality of some people makes us uncomfortable, there's this human tendency to sweep those people under the rug and hope the problem goes away on its own. This was true of the suffering from, uh, this was true of those suffering from leprosy in the time of Jesus. The laws of Leviticus, for example, if you were to look them up, uh, instructed that those with leprosy had to distance themselves from the rest of the community. They would live outside of the camp in their own habitations, and if they came near others who were uh, ritually clean, they would have to announce their presence saying, unclean, unclean, so that people would know to stay away and not be uh, in contact with them. So what Luke reports here corresponds with what we know about those living with leprosy in this time. If you look at the story, they kept their distance from those without leprosy. They formed their own colonies, their own separate communities. If your family abandons you, sometimes you have to make your own family with other outsiders. They positioned themselves near places with lots of passers-by so they could make appeals for charity for survival. After all, how are you supposed to keep on living if you're cut off from your familial community and economic ties? We might imagine the all too familiar scene of a person standing near a major intersection with a cardboard sign, except in this case, there's a group of 10 of them. And this is the reality we see in the story of Jesus. When Jesus passes by, a group of people with leprosy, they approach him, but they keep their distance, the text says, like they're expected to, but they cry out to him for help. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. I wonder what this group had heard about Jesus. What did they expect he could do for them? Perhaps they had heard about his power to heal, his compassion for the downcast, I wonder if even for a moment they wondered if Jesus would be like the rest, if Jesus would pass them by, if he would look away, or if he would respond to them with revulsion like so many others. As we try to put ourselves in this text, I wonder if you have ever felt swept under the rug or overlooked or isolated or lonely. Have you ever had a problem that was so scary or so shameful that you sensed that you couldn't share it with others, that people would back away from you if so? That is something of what these 10 must have felt as they called out desperately to Jesus for mercy. The good news, of course, is that Jesus does see them. Jesus does stop. Jesus does take notice of them when others did not, and Jesus does have power to save. The text says, when Jesus saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. What I find interesting here is that Jesus, even before anything has happened, seems to treat them as whole, seems to treat them as if they are already healed. He sees to see them for who they truly are. By going to the priests, these lepers are beginning the ritual which would begin their readmission to the community. If they had uh, been healed, if their skin disease had cleared up and they wanted to get back in, they would present themselves to the priests. But Jesus seems to jump the gun. Before the healing, he says, go to the priests. He seems to treat them as if healing has already happened just in their encounter. He sees these people that others would look away from and looks beyond their social isolation to see the beauty and dignity and individuality of those swept under the rug. For God, there is no sweeping under the rug. Each child is cherished. And in the process of following Jesus' instructions of going to the priests, that healing that Jesus seems to have already foretold happens. The social disease is already in the process of being healed before the physical one seems to take place. What is even more remarkable, and what is 
extremely pertinent to our worship today is what happens next. One of those ten returns. And not just that, but this man is a Samaritan. So if you're counting social status here, he already has two strikes against him. He's suffering from leprosy, so he's already living uh, on the street on, on his own with, a, with the other lepers. And he's excluded because of his background, because he's a Samaritan. So some of these other lepers might have at least have had um, some connection to, uh, uh, to the Jewish people, but here this is a double outsider in a way. It's this man, perhaps the one we would least expect, who returns to worship. It's only this one that returns to give thanks and praise. In so many ways, I think this is the gift of when we have newcomers come to our worship service or we encounter them in our life of faith. We need people to remind us uh, freshly uh, of the power of the songs we sing, of the words we speak. Sometimes those fresh uh, eyes, those fresh experiences are the ones that enliven our own. But we shouldn't be too hard on the other nine. After all, they are doing exactly what Jesus told them. He said, go to the priests, and they went. In a way, the one who comes back is, is not exactly following directions. He went part of the way, realized he was healed, and turned around and went back to Jesus. But the double outsider returns. It is this outsider that Luther says has something to teach us about worshiping God this morning. We shouldn't be too surprised that it's the outsider return who returns. It's the whole story of Jesus, especially in Luke's gospel, that Jesus seems to do his ministry in the margins and at the border. Several commentators have pointed out that it's strange that this story takes place in the region between Samaria and Galilee. Because if you were to look at one of the maps that people have made of first century Palestine, you notice that there isn't a region between Samaria and Galilee. They're right next to each other. So the most convincing explanation I found for what, G for what Luke is saying here in his storytelling is that Jesus must be at the border. That the point isn't so necessarily geographical as it is theological, as it is uh, narrative that Jesus is uh, at work on the border between things. He is dwelling not in the halls of power, but at the borderlands of the empire. You rarely see Jesus in the halls of power or in the econ economic centers of the world. Instead, you find him in these stories on the borderlands, talking to those on the margins, seeing those that others would overlook, he goes and finds those people who have been swept under the rug, and that is where he chooses to live. That truly should change how we see ourselves and our world. That part of you that is swept under the rug, the part that you feel that you can't share with others, that is where Jesus is. When you see someone else that the world has discarded, that is where Jesus is. A couple of years ago, I visited the U.S.-Mexico border near San Diego as part of an ELCA trip. We had a, a worship service there, uh, praying for uh, all the things that happens in the borderlands of our country and world. We gathered to pray and learn and hear stories and sing and worship in Friendship Park on the Mexican side of the U.S.-Mexico border. And one of the things that I learned is that at one time, this was a binational park where families from both sides of the border could meet and be with one another. So someone might be working in San Diego, but their family was still in Mexico, so they would meet in this park and they could catch up. Uh, but eventually there was a small wall that was put up, and uh, so then families couldn't meet for their picnic anymore, so they would come to the wall and they would touch their pinkies through the fence, and they called that a, a pinky kiss. But today, there's not only that wall, but then there's a second wall, you know, several hundred yards over there. So between there's this is big no man's land so that you can't even touch through the fence. And so families can no longer see or touch each other across the border. And as we worshiped, we saw all the signs of the border, the border patrol helicopters flying. And there was even during our worship service, a drone came over and like hovered over us. I think they were curious 
what we were doing. Uh, but it's strange because in that moment, and at the border of things and people, I felt the presence of God more than I felt the presence of any of the other stuff. But perhaps that's what the Bible teaches us, that Jesus meets us at the borders and in the margins, that Jesus sees those parts of you that you'd rather sweep under the, under the rug, that Jesus sees you in your wholeness and speaks to you with the dignity that you have as a child of God. Jesus speaks to you as healed before it even takes place, because that's how he sees you. Jesus sees those parts of our world, too, and if you want to know him, look there. If you desire healing and wholeness, call out to him like these ten. At the end of our text, Jesus says, We're not ten made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? This is another strange reversal that we see throughout the Bible, like the story of Naaman in our first reading. And I can't help but think of some of those other stories of Jesus, like the ten coins, where the woman lost lost one of her ten coins and searches high and low until she finds it. Is this story the lost coin returning to Jesus? So perhaps we shouldn't be surprised that Jesus celebrates the one who returns out of ten. Because we have a God who is passionate about finding the lost, who is on the move, on the borders of things, to break down our walls of isolation. And it is this God that we worship the God who sees us, who sees you, the God who knows you, the God at work on the border between insider and outsider, making sure that all are found and all will be made well. And I think Luther would want us to worship this God, to return in praise and thanksgiving, to worship this God who has brought us in from the cold, the God who sees us and knows us. May we worship this God in spirit and in truth. Amen.
gratitude and humility, let us join together in prayer on behalf of all of God's creation. Gracious God, we give you thanks for bishops, pastors, and deacons, especially our bishop, Joy Mortensen Wiebe, and her synod staff. Inspire leaders of the church to proclaim your mighty deeds, that your saving faith may be known to us all. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Majestic God, we give you thanks for land and water, seed time and harvest. Break down boundaries we construct between ourselves and the rest of your creation. Bring renewal and restoration to places affected by pollution and deforestation. We lift up prayers for the ministries of American Indian and Alaskan Native siblings in our church and for all relationships of reconciliation with indigenous communities. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Mighty God, we give you thanks for those in our community, nation, and world who work for justice and peace. Guide those who govern to act on behalf of those marginalized by race, ethnicity, or religion. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Merciful God, we give you thanks that you hear the cries of those in need. Restore to community those who are stigmatized by illness, feel rejected, or who live in isolation. Send healing to all who suffer, especially Jane, Jackie, Sharon, Mary Ann, and Gloria. Hear us, O God. Divine Creator, we celebrate the diversity of your kingdom today. In preparation for National Coming Out Day, we ask you to soften our hearts and open our minds so that we may see your beloved LGBTQIA community more fully. On a day where some are able to celebrate in plain view, and others long for a day when they can live fully into their authentic selves. Be with each of our queer siblings, wherever they are in their journeys. Teach us to move with LGBTQIA people in their stories of self unfold each and every new day, welcoming all how they are able to arrive in the present moment. Hear us, O God. Eternal God, we give you thanks for your faithful people who have gone before us in your glory. Renew our trust in your eternal promises of mercy, redemption, and new life. Hear us, O God. We lift up special prayers today, God, for the family of Keith Hackett as they prepare for his celebration of life. I offer up prayers as well for Mike and Sydney, who were married yesterday after they found their way to Trinity as visitors. And we lift up prayers for all who are gathered for today's pet festival, that we might celebrate our community and our animal companions in your good creation. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. With grateful hearts, we commend our spoken and silent prayers to you, O God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please take a moment to share a sign of peace with those around you. Peace with you, Dan. Peace be with you.
stand as you are able. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and at all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection, open to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn.
holy God, our bread of life, our table, and our food. You created a world in which all might be satisfied by your abundance. You dined with Abraham and Sarah, promising them life. And you fed your people Israel with manna from heaven. You sent your son to eat with sinners and to become food for the world. The night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. It's my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his life given for us and his rising from the grave, we await his coming again to share with us the everlasting feast. By your spirit, nurture and sustain us with this meal. Strengthen us to serve all in hunger and want, and by this bread and cup, make us the body of your Son. Through him, all glory and honor is yours, almighty God, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, both now and forever. Gathered to one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Eternal Spirit, earth maker, pain bearer, life giver, source of all that is and that shall be, Father and mother of us all, loving God in whom is heaven, the hallowing of your name echo through the universe the way of your justice be followed by all the peoples of the world. Your heavenly will be done by all created beings. Your commonwealth of peace and freedom sustain our hope and come on earth. With the bread that we need for today, feed us. In the hurts we absorb from one another, forgive us. In times of temptation and test, strengthen us. From trials too great to endure, spare us. From the grip of all that is evil, free us. For you reign in the glory of the power that is love, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated as we share some instructions for communion. To communion today, you'll come up the side aisles where you'll pick up an empty cup at these two side tables and bring it with you to the railing where will be filled with wine, uh, and you will receive bread. If you need or desire grape juice or gluten-free, please grab those at these two side table and bring them with you rail to the railing as well. After you've communed at the railing, you'll return down the center aisle and place your empty cup in the bowl by the center aisle. We want to uh, make sure everyone knows that you are welcome to commune with us today, and we want to extend our table and our fellowship uh, to those joining us online and by phone today, we are glad you are here as well. Receive this invitation to communion. Christ invites you to this table. Come, taste, and see.
please stand. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever. Amen. One final reminder about the uh, pet festival after church day, if you're able to stick around. We have brats and hot dogs and pulled pork, I think. Uh, thank you to uh, Jen and Vicki for organizing that. So stick around if you're able to. Uh, and with that, receive this blessing. God, who gives life to all things and frees us from despair, bless you with truth and peace. May the Holy Trinity, one God, guide you always in faith, hope, and love.